What is up, fanboys and fangirls? Welcome to another Review Point podcast coming to you from fanboysanonymous.com. I am your host, as always, Tony Mango, and my target to review for this edition is the latest and potentially last in the at least 20th Century Fox X-Men film franchise. Uh, maybe that's not necessarily the case when it comes to the New Mutants, but that should just go to Hulu. But whatever the case may be, that is what they were referring to, Dark Phoenix. And uh, I got back from seeing that not that long ago, and I've got some opinions, and that's how we're going to do things here. We're going to do the usual breakdown of what I liked and what I didn't like and the hits and the misses categories. But I'm also going to just spitball some other random thoughts that I've got going on in my mind. And if you don't know how this usually works, I usually do this in two separate sections. The first one is going to be spoiler-free for those who don't want to know what happens in the movie and they just kind of want my, like, overall general thoughts of the film. And then we're going to dive deeper into this in the spoiler section. So I will give you a warning before we switch over to that. But in the meantime, I just want to remind everybody that this isn't just about my opinions. I also want to know what you have to think about the movie. So if you are listening to one of the audio-only types of streaming platforms that we have, like iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher or Google Play or Anchor or whatever the case may be, then, uh, you know, if you're doing that, give us a review over there. Thank you. But also drop a comment on the YouTube channel and hit that subscribe button and ring that little bell for notifications. Or if you want to go to fanboysanonymous.com and leave a review or a comment or something on the uh, page itself, by all means, go ahead and do that. So make sure you keep that in mind. Tell me what you think about what I'm saying and what you have to say about the movie. So we're in the non-spoiler section for this, but I feel like everybody already knows what's going to happen in this movie anyway. So uh, some stuff I'm going to play a little bit loose with. Uh, I promise you I'm not going to spoil anything in particular. But what are my general thoughts about the film? Um, I went into this movie expecting it to be awful. And I went in for a couple of reasons like that. Uh, One of them being the Rotten Tomatoes score was, I think it was like a 22 when I had checked it before. It might go up, it might go down, you know, whatever. That's always a good indicator of if only a few people tended to like the movie, then that's not really all that great. But, you know, there's movies that are a lower score, the certified rotten, and that I liked, you know, just because a lot of people like something or dislike something doesn't mean that you have to agree with it. So I was basing this more on a couple of other factors, one being the god-awful Fantastic Four movie, the trend of the X-Men films that we've seen before, which... There's been a lot of X-Men movies, and it's hard to keep track of the good and the bad, but in my opinion, at the very least, the first X-Men movie is good for its time. It doesn't hold up as well now that we have seen so many better things, but overall, it was good. X2 is very good in a lot of different ways. There's some flaws, but you know, I think that it's really one of the best. X-Men 3 The Last Stand is absolute trash. X-Men Origin Wolverine, I can't talk. X-Men Origins Wolverine is really, really bad. Uh, First Class is good, but it's got a lot of flaws behind it as well. Days of Future Past is amazing in a lot of different ways. And X-Men Apocalypse is awful. And the Deadpool ones, of course, are... um, You know, the first one's great, second one's not as good, and the Wolverine, uh, 
the Wolverine itself, that one, not all that great. It was better than X-Men Origins. And then Logan, of course, Logan's good for what Logan is. So we're all over the place here. And I just kind of assumed that this was going to be one of the bad ones, partially because we've already seen this story before and just because of the you know, certain things, people working involved in it and everything like that. Um, but my biggest thing leaving this movie, you know, going into it, I'm I'm expecting it to be bad. Leaving the movie, I thought to myself, it wasn't as bad as I was expecting it to be, but it was wholly unnecessary. And that's the main word that I took away with this was unnecessary. This movie didn't need to be made. There's nothing that they added to the X-Men franchise that was helped by this. And, you know, we've seen the previous two different trilogies and we've seen the three different Logan movies and we've seen two X-Men movies that are on the Deadpool side of things. We've seen a lot of X-Men and I feel like this one just doesn't have its place. You know, um, I really want to kind of get into some of those things, but that's in more of the spoiler section. Uh, I'll get into some of the other things then if we're spoiler free right now, one of the biggest misses to me is the music. This doesn't have that theme that I really like, you know, the bum, but da 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 Like that theme is really good. It's not as good as the X-Men animated series theme, but it's literally pretty much as close as you can get to that. So I really like that song and they don't have that in this. This one, the music feels so incredibly bland and just uninspired and it's, it's just there to be background noise. And I hate it when movies do that. And so many movies do that. And it's really strange, too, because it's like these people that are composers and stuff, they are so much better than that. They can give you really catchy songs and they can give you things that are really going to stick to you. And those are the things that are really great. I couldn't tell you if you played the music that was in this movie, the score again right now, I wouldn't be able to tell you that it was from this movie because there's nothing that stands out from it, whether it's the opening theme or it's throughout the different like uh, action sequences. It's just noise. So major miss for me is the music. Another miss for me, I don't like that they, uh, this I totally expected because they've done this before. I don't understand how these movies need to be decade based. And this one in particular, what was strange to me was it's set in 1992. And if you don't know, 1992 is a real pivotal uh, time frame when it comes to the X-Men series. And I get that nod, but at the same time, once again, this has been my criticism of Days of Future Past onward, these characters don't age. If I'm supposed to believe that, for instance, Fassbender was about maybe like, I don't know, 10, 12 or so, Magneto was supposed to be around that age in the 40s, you tack on 50 years to that? And he looks like a 30-something-year-old Michael Fassbender. It's just, this stuff doesn't make any sense. And I really hate that. It really drives me crazy. Uh, that factored in with the whole idea that this is 1992 and it doesn't feel like it's 1992 to me at all. It, like, at any point, does it feel like it's the 1990s? And I get that in certain other movies, they're beating you over the head with the 90s thing. And thankfully, they didn't do that with this one because that's that would have been another issue. would have been like, oh my God, I get it, it's the 90s. But at the same time, why did it need to be set in 1992? You know, it's just, I don't know. It's just one of those things that bugs me. So that's a miss for me. Um, 
Character-wise, I can't really get into a lot of that without breaking down the movie itself. So I'm going to keep this very vague. But all the characters, for the most part, if you liked their incarnations before, you'll like it enough. But at the same time, I feel like they were pretty wooden, a little bit hollow. Like, there's no moments in this movie that makes me feel like any of them are like real characters more so than just kind of like pastiches of various versions of the characters and everything and i will say this too like uh i feel like simon kenberg and i could get along really well like we could gel and have like a cool conversation about like how awesome x-men is and how this franchise is so great and like all these rich in-depth characters. And I feel like maybe one of our disconnects would be one of the things that's a big revolving point around the story, which is the idea of aliens in the X-Men franchise. And I don't like that. So I, again, I will break this down more in the spoiler free uh, spoiler section, but maybe that's a little bit of a sensibility that he and I would differ on and that, I would love to have a conversation with like Kenberg and just be like, you know, off the record and just kind of be like, so what do you like about the X-Men series and what, what do you dislike? And what are the things that you really wanted to hit harp on? Cause some of these things that are in this movie are in the last stand. And I got to feel like maybe he was like, man, I really like doing that idea. Like, I really like the idea of Jean Grey going back to her home. That's something that we got to do again. You know, some different things that are, are kind of like that. And uh, you know, yeah, this is the type of thing I got to get more into in depth with certain things like that. So spoiler free section wise, I say, if this is the cutoff point that you want to know, just see it or skip it. I would say skip it, which is unfortunate, but there are positive elements to this. And that's where I need to get into some of the other things. We're going to talk a lot of negatives, but we are going to talk about some positives. So at this point right now, we are going to get into the spoilers, and if you don't want to know what the spoilers are, then bookmark this and come back and check it out after you've seen the movie. But if you don't necessarily care about spoilers, then by all means, continue listening on, because warning, 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 I'm going to tell you what happens in this movie and tell you all the different things about all these different characters and stuff. So let's dig into this. Now we're on the spoiler section. Uh, let's go character by character a little bit here. One thing I'm going to say, this is a little bit of a hit, but it's also a little bit of a miss, is the fact that they threw in Dazzler. Dazzler has been this character that I have never liked Dazzler. I've always thought that Dazzler was such a cheap gimmick and something of a, a poor man's jubilee, which I know that Dazzler came first, so that's what's even weird about it. But to me, I grew up with the 90s animated series, so jubilee is my photokinetic a teenage girl that I think is a much better character. And Dazzler being this musician that does that, I've never really been a fan of the Dazzler character. I can understand where her place is in the X-Men series, though, and I always thought that it was kind of strange that they didn't put Dazzler in another movie. I liked that idea that they would have had, even though it was Taylor Swift, I liked the idea that Taylor Swift could have been, like, Dazzler on, uh, like, an album cover or something those kind of cameos are things that I really like. So I like that they threw Dazzler in there, but at the same time, Dazzler's in the movie as this person who's just kind of singing in the background while everybody's hanging out in the woods, drinking beer. And it's just a weird choice for me. Like that's the place you're going to put her. Like after seven or eight movies, that's where you found the Dazzler thing. It wasn't when anybody was watching TV at any point. It wasn't like, Somebody had a magazine and they're all teenagers, so they're checking out the new, like, 
you know, teen pop type of magazine thing and Dazzler's on the cover. Like, none of that. That's her place? Like, just very, very strange to me. And here's uh, one of these issues that I have with these movies when it comes to uh, not not an issue that I have. This is it's a big positive for the movie, but it's a negative for this one. I couldn't recognize any of the extra characters. Normally, I can usually spot out a bunch of characters, and it's cool when you're like, "Oh, that's Siren," or the Stepford Cuckoos, or or whatever. Like, how cool was it when there was a scene in X Men One where Kitty Pride is walking through the wall to get back into the, uh, Professor X's office, and you know, it's just kind of like. The girl walked through the wall and you're like, oh, that's Kitty Pride." Or when they're playing around with the whole uh, – everybody's out uh, with Storm in the first X-Men movie and you see uh, that John gets called by Storm when he's messing around with the flame and it's like, oh, John Allardyce, that's Pyro. I like that a lot. And in the second movie, Kitty Pride, when they're doing the whole raid of the mansion and she slips through the bed, that stuff's really cool. I didn't understand any of the background characters in this movie. I didn't catch any of them as being an X-Men character that I would have recognized, which is really strange because that's usually one of my favorite parts about this. So that was a big miss for me. I really feel like that would have been at least like a cool, like, you know, wrestling term, but like a good pop every once in a while to be like, oh, that's cool. That's somebody else. Dazzler was the only one of them. And that one made me just go, this is where they're using Dazzler. So that's, you know, whatever. Big mess on like the random telepath. Aren't there enough telepaths? Like that's always been an issue with my uh, my point of view with the X Men franchise. Is Professor X is supposed to be very special, and Jean Grey is supposed to be very special. So why do we have Psylocke and Emma Frost and Legion and there's like a million people with telepathic abilities, and now it's just this other random one, and then there's the Dreadlock dude, and the Dreadlock dude is stupid, and it's like, out of this wealth of all these characters from the X-Men franchise that you could have used, you use this random dude with Dreadlocks? Who's this supposed to be? I don't care about this dude, you know? So I didn't like that. Um, James McAvoy is great uh, as Professor X in a lot of different ways. I think that he phones it in on this one a little bit, uh, and that's I'm going to carry that on with everybody. Everybody feels like they're not doing as good of a job as they did in better movies. Other movies, they did a better job. I should phrase it that way instead. Uh, like McAvoy, he's Xavier, and I like his Xavier, but he's just kind of bland. Like this, That's a good word I'm going to use quite a bit. It's bland. Uh, Fastbender is Magneto, and I don't buy him as much as being Magneto in this as I do as Michael Fastbender playing Magneto. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence, you can tell that she just does not care about these things. And you could tell that from, you know, X-Men Apocalypse, but I've never liked this big focus on Mystique as a character. I think Mystique, in my mind, is a villain, and she is just a villain. She is not one of those super uh, sympathetic characters that I think needs a redemption arc. And I do not think that she's, like, the leader of the X-Men team and all that. She only is in that capacity because they had cast Jennifer Lawrence. And... Everybody knows this. Everybody's known it since Days of Future Past. But that is just sort of whatever. And they kill her off. And they kill her off in a way that's just kind of whatever. Even like Xavier and Magneto. Magneto gets like a little tear of a scene. But Xavier doesn't seem like they wrote him to really care all that much. The fact that Mystique had died. Like that bugged me. So that was a miss. Beast at the very least. Nicholas Holt. He does a good job playing Beast. And he tries 
harder than some of the other people do. Uh, so I like his beast, you know, whatever. Um, Ty Sheridan as Cyclops. I like his Cyclops. Uh, but I don't get that love connection. You know, it's more something that it's inherently built in from, hey, you've seen the other movies and you know that Gene and uh, Cyclops, they love each other and stuff. And it, I don't get that connection between Ty Sheridan and Sophie Turner. Sophie Turner, by the way, I mean, I didn't like her casting originally and I didn't like her in this one either. I don't think that she's a good Jean Grey. There's something off about the way that she presents the character that I just don't like. And I didn't like it in Apocalypse, so I didn't like it in this one either. And this one is very Jean Grey centric. So this one that magnified that even more. Like I just, I don't like Sophie Turner as Jean Grey. And now I haven't seen Game of Thrones. I've never watched any episodes of it. I never will. It's just not my thing. And Sophie Turner could be a fantastic actress, but I don't like her as Jean Grey. And that's perfectly fine too, because certain people are just made for roles. Like Hugh Jackman was a fantastic Wolverine. By the way, no no Wolverine in this movie. I don't know how they would have done it. So even though it's a miss to me, it's not a big, big miss because I don't feel like they're missing anything. Uh, But certain people are really, really good for certain roles. Like, I really like Alexandra Shipp as Storm. I think she has a major hit in this movie. She is one of my favorite parts. And I feel really sad that we're not going to get to see more of her as Storm because this is going to be the end of it. And she only scratched the surface of playing Storm. And she would have been so good. Like, she has a better accent than Halle Berry did. She looks the part of the character. I buy into this. Uh, like, Storm for me. Storm is a character that I have a lot of reverence for. I feel like, and I'm going to write up an article about this. I've been writing it up over the course of like two years, so just chipping away at it here and there. But I, I want to write up an article and hopefully get it out very soon of characters that are in the X-Men franchise that shouldn't be in the X-Men franchise, that they shouldn't be mutants. And Storm is one of those to me. She's better than to be in the X-Men series because Storm is like the best parts of Cyclops without the a-hole part of Cyclops. Like I buy that she should run the school and that she can be the leader of the team. And she's got this regality to her and she's this good friend and she's powerful, but she doesn't let that get to her head. Storm is one of the best X-Men characters easily. And Alexandra ship does a great job. So hats off to, to ship and, a miss when it comes to the fact that we didn't get more Storm out of this, but I know it's not Storm's story. And the fact that we got Jean Grey out of this and Jean was underwhelming meant that the whole movie that revolved around Jean Grey was underwhelming. Tell you what another underwhelming thing is, Quicksilver. He has no fun part in this. He's written off as just like he fell and we're just not going to have him for the whole rest of the movie. Very like pushed aside. Quicksilver, major miss. Nightcrawler's fun. He's a hit. He's Nightcrawler. I like Nightcrawler. Uh, I I like that they incorporated Genosha. The execution was flawed, but I'm glad that they at least did a nod to it. So that's kind of a, a weak hit, I guess. Visual effects are great. That's a hit. I really like that. Um, let's talk about Jessica Chastain. She is playing an invading alien franchise. Or franchise <laughs> force. I got the franchise uh, word in my head. She is Vuk or Vuk or whatever. These nameless aliens, 
Dibinari tribe or Benari or I don't know, whatever they called them. It, it's stupid. I, and this is where I'm going to go on my rant here. Um, I never liked it when the X-Men dealt with aliens and the magic side of things. I always thought that that was stupid because the franchise doesn't need it and it gets confusing. And this is a personal preference of mine. So you might be the type that you love that. And it seems like Simon Kinberg is probably one of those people who really does like that. But I've never liked the magic and the alien side of the X-Men franchise because to me, the X-Men is about the mutants. And if you just start incorporating aliens and magic, like Juggernaut is this the crimson gem of Sidorak, and Sidorak is this demon from another dimension. And it's just like, well, why can't he just be a mutant? Like, why is this about anything other than the mutants? The mutants is the fun, interesting part. That's the good thing about this series is the mutants. And if you just go like this alien forces, whatever, then we're getting into Avengers territory. And I love the Avengers, but the X-Men and the Avengers always had this weird that they didn't quite mix as well to me. And because I don't like the alien side of things, I don't like the fact that the alien side of things was in this movie. So if you were like, you were waiting for the longest time to have alien stuff, I feel like you're also going to be disappointed because the alien side of things does not get into the trippy, weird alien stuff from the comics. There is no Shi'ar empire. There is no Macron crystal. There is no, uh, anything. The Phoenix force is just, they, they talk about it being a cosmic entity, but it's essentially just non scroll scrolls are here and they want to tap into the Phoenix force. It's just not all that good. Uh, I said before that this is unnecessary. It's like listening to a cover version of a song that adds nothing to it. And it just reminds you that there are better things out there. Now, granted there are worse things out there. It's better than the last stand, but that doesn't mean that it's good. The last stand was awful. Absolutely horrendous. They took two good movies and they just, flushed it down the toilet. They screwed up so many things in that movie. It's just, you can't forgive them for those kind of problems. And this is better than that. But at the same time, it's not saying anything. It's not doing anything. Everybody feels like they're just there to, to do nothing. Like Fastbender seems like he's just there to get his stuff done over the course of a week. And, uh, that he's very like, he, that he presents the materials being dull because it is the movie's just bland like uh, I mentioned before, Fantastic Four. I'm all over the place here. I'm sorry. I apologize. But like Fantastic Four was an absolutely atrocious piece of crap. Shouldn't have never been made. And this isn't like that. This is a much, much better movie to it. And it's not as bad. It's it's not a horrible movie. It's just not good. X-Men movies are at their best, I feel, when they can successfully marry these two different sides of the franchise because in my mind and again personal preference you might disagree with me in my mind the x-men franchise is what if superheroes tried to be good people despite the fact that sometimes the superhero aspect isn't as glamorous as it always seems like it is you know if you look at superman and one of the biggest criticisms of Superman is that he is quote unquote boring because he's perfect. Well, the most interesting stories I think about the Superman franchise are when you're dealing with this, uh, this idea of this guy who is essentially perfect and you've got like a flawed villain like Lex Luthor who can't stand the idea that he's perfect or, you know, he's up against Doomsday and it's like, well, he's this perfect guy and he's not able to do things, whatever. 
and you get like a Batman. And Batman's interesting story is this psychological, how do I deal with the death of my parents and apply this to trying to make sure that there isn't any more people like me and some different things like that. Every story has its own niche. And if it doesn't have its own purpose, then it tends to just blend in with everything else. And that's why certain characters just don't make it as like these super popular characters because there's no point to them and whatever. And I feel like the X-Men franchise, it's not Spider-Man where it's all about power and responsibility and some cracking some jokes and fighting, you know, in a that kind of capacity and stuff. The X-Men franchise is best when they have something to say and it's commenting on discrimination or uh, trying to find your place in the world or the fact that certain characters like Nightcrawler is scary looking. And what would you do if you woke up one day and you were in the middle of like your, you know, puberty is scary. And instead of turning into an adult, you had claws. What would you do? And how do you live in a world that makes you feel like you are bad because you're different if you are homosexual or if you are uh fat or you know like that is where i feel like the the real core of the x-men franchise is and that's why they also kind of don't work as well when they're alongside the avengers because then it's like well why is everybody hating on the mutants but something like spider-man is perfectly fine and why aren't people doing the mutant registration act type of thing for say I don't know, like the Guardians of the Galaxy. You know what I mean? Like that, that's where like that weird kind of, it doesn't mix up together well. And this movie, you know, the X-Men 2 has the whole scene where have you tried not to be a mutant where it's like talking to somebody who, your your son or your daughter or whatever who comes out as being gay and it's like, have you tried not to be gay? That is saying something. And the third X-Men movie, as bad as The Last Stand is, and it, believe me, it is awful, when they have this whole cure thing, it's like, well, we shouldn't have to be cured. And that's why one of the reasons why I absolutely hate The Last Stand is because Rogue never should have taken that cure because the point of this franchise is supposed to be that as bad as things get, you've got Professor X and Magneto. They are the two driving forces behind this. Of course, you've got Apocalypse, who is very much like mutants should rule the world, and everybody else is just like fodder that should just be killed. But it comes down to Magneto is saying, I'm afraid that we are going to be targeted and we need to fight back and we need to fight those fears with fear. And Professor X is the person who says, we need to embrace other people with kindness and we need to prove that we are better people and it's okay to be afraid, but at the same time, we need to provide a good example and it's the Malcolm X and Martin Luther King thing. And that's why like the cure should be a storyline where Rogue says, I'm sorry, it sucks that I have this power and that I can't touch people, but I'm going to learn to accept it and to accept who I am and to contribute to society in the ways that I can as in a, you know, my individual way, but I don't need to cure myself because I don't need to be fixed. This movie could have said a lot, but it's only scratching the surface of trauma and PTSD and depression. It could have made a big, 
better statement about psychological issues and emotional balance and talked about the pressures of being mutants in a world that they see you as a weapon and a danger to everybody around you. And you see yourself as that where, you know, people could have connected with Gene based off of their feelings that their own feelings of thinking that they're a monster because they are depressed all the time or they feel like this weight, this black cloud above them and all this it just barely starts talking about that stuff and the message gets lost in a bunch of other things because it's like, okay, well now there's aliens. And again, I don't like the alien stuff, but that could have even been a good analogy to have maybe the humans and the mutants finally see eye to eye. There's this invading alien force and it's an enemy. So, you know, we have a common enemy and that way we can be a united front against that. And we shouldn't think this way about the mutants because at least the mutants are still humans. But even that, Better yet than that, there would be a better, deeper message is if they found out a way to not have to have a common enemy. You know, there shouldn't have to always be an enemy in order for people to live peacefully side by side. And they introduced this idea that that race of aliens was basically wiped out. I feel like if this movie wanted to say something, they would have figured out a way to embrace the aliens and the aliens could have lived on earth and it wouldn't have been like let's just murder them all but they made them evil because you needed a bunch of people for people to fight at the end but at the end it's all just like well i guess we're back to being hated again thanks gene womp womp and it's just it's since it's not saying anything what was the point of the movie we had already seen the dark phoenix story poorly done but we had already seen it just a bunch of years ago i mean this wasn't 30 years ago when this happened but we did see the X-Men series tackle that. And this is just like a cover version. It's just a remix. There's nothing new to it that makes it better. And even though it is a better movie than X-Men The Last Stand, that's just because the X-Men The Last Stand was really bad. And this is just not good. So I I made a joke. I mean, everybody that I had saw it with, they all didn't really like it. I probably liked it more than everybody else to tell you the truth, because there are elements to this. It's just, I like the X-Men series. And as much as I hate a lot of the X-Men franchise, like I think that it's ridiculous that they have like 50,000 mutants and we don't need a hundred mutants for each power. And when you start getting into the idea that there's like 300 telepaths, then that just loses all its purpose and everything like that. And as much as I don't like the alien side of things and I wish Juggernaut was just a mutant and so on and so forth, I feel like it's still something that's fun to me is the idea of the X-Men. So I guess the best thing I can say is if you could watch something like that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles versus Batman animated show or the animated movie, or if you are interested in X-Men evolution or you're interested in these just random side, what if type stories you're going to get something out of this movie. Like, it's still an X-Men movie. It's still kind of cool to watch, like, you know, Cyclops shoot out laser beams from his eyes. I know, optic eyes and whatever. But, like, uh, that's still kind of fun, you know? So, I didn't hate the movie. It's just, like, it didn't need to exist at all. There's nothing that they did in this movie that felt like... If this were completely erased from my mind, I didn't miss anything. I didn't get anything out of it that I wouldn't have gotten from something else. You know, there's better versions of this story and 
I can write a better version of this story in my own head that would please me a lot better, and I'm sure that you could do the same. And if this was exactly the way that Simon Kinberg always wanted it to be, and he thinks that this is the best version of the story, then the person who got the most joy out of this was Simon Kinberg. And you know what? Hey, he might be a really cool guy, and uh, I would totally love to sit down and chat with him and just kind of shoot the shit about that kind of stuff. And if he really enjoyed it, then he got something out of it like that. I didn't think it was the worst thing in the world. I just think that it was kind of like somebody's... Uh, again, I guess the best way I can put it is it's a cover version of a song and this is like totally unnecessary. So, uh, I made a joke and I'm going to repeat myself, but you know, why not that this is more of X meh than X men. So yeah, this is not a hit. This is not a full on miss, but honestly, if I have to pick between the two, I think it's more of a miss. And that sucks. It sucks because I wanted to like it more. Now, I will tip my hat off to certain elements of the movie, certain people that did their jobs really well. But overall, I don't think it was a necessary movie. So I want to know what you have to think. Do you agree with me? Do you disagree with me? What are the parts you liked? What are the parts you didn't like? Drop your comments below, as I mentioned before. Hit that subscribe button. Follow me on Facebook and Twitter. Follow my personal accounts on Facebook and Twitter. Hit up that Patreon if you want to see more things like this and if you want me to take more time out to be able to do things like to write up that article that I was mentioning about. You know, I really want to do more writing of articles and I would love to do more podcasts and get more people on and to do different things like that. So the Patreon is the main thing that can convince me to do that because, I mean, let's be honest, everybody. I don't have the time to dedicate to all that stuff, but if time is money and money is Patreon then look at that. I suddenly end up getting more time because I would much rather do a new podcast and have a bunch of X-Men people sitting around talking about pod, uh, talking about podcasts. Yeah. What's the point of that? Talking about the X-Men franchise and just going down the rabbit hole of like, man, I really like Mr. Sinister and so forth for like two hours. Then to spend those two hours writing up another article about WWE or, you know, whatever the case may be. So hit up the Patreon if you got a little bit of spare change you want to throw my way to uh, grease the wheels when it comes to that stuff or buy some stuff on the TeePublic and Redbubble shops. There's merchandise for all sorts of different things. And there's also other ones for Smart Cat Moment and A Mango Tees. And if you are listening to this on an audio-only platform, then review me with something or give me a star rating or whatever the case may be on those different things like that. Um, I don't think that there's anything else that I need to talk about, but if there is, I'm sure you guys should know by now with plenty of other things that I've talked about in the past. Uh, I guess the last thing for me to just say is thank you. Thank you for listening to this and thank you for your support in whatever capacity it might be, but that'll do it for me for this edition of the review point podcast. And I will see you next time, everybody. It's time for me to geek out. (laughs) 